Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello, you're on Dirt Radio, a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth. It's Monday morning. You're with Colin and I have the chance to have Phil with me. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. How are you, Colin? Yeah, very good. Nice. So today we're going to speak about frontline action on call. So you feel you, you've been working, you've been living, and also you've been defending the land up at Moles Creek at the Lord State Forest for almost a little bit more than a year. Mm-hmm. You were under the 350.org banner to start with, and, uh, and you provided support and help for the coordination of the camp. Is it right? Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, it was an interesting year last year. Um, I mean, I, um, my relationship back to the, um, the Laird Blockade campaign that you're referring to goes back a bit further. I uh, hooked up with the, the locals um, to help them with some online support and then uh, eventually made it up in the person and then um, really connected with the country and couldn't stay away from the place, really. But. <laughs> That's why you stayed for that long. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been living for the whole year up there to the camp? Yeah, so I lived um, from um, February to February, February 2014 to February 2015 um, before coming back to Melbourne um, almost finally. It was a long time living in a, cam- in a camp, in a tent, so... It was nice to get back to the city again. That was your first experience living in a in a blockade camp um, for that period of time. Yes. Yeah, um, previously I'd only ever visited them for like you know a couple of nights or something like that. But um, yeah, for living um, that period of time, yeah, <laughs> never done that before. <laughs> and uh, what was like your your sensation when you arrived to the camp? You were you were under like the three fifty dot org. Uh, banner. Uh, how did you manage to get into to meet the people and to give uh, to give support? Yeah, um, it was actually really interesting. On my way up, um, I was um, part of the Quick Coal Collective um, at Friends of the Earth, and uh, I thought I want to go up and um, and and um, be part of this after I'd been up for a brief visit um, late in 2013, and. Um, on the way up, um, heard that 350 were uh, looking for someone to help with the campaign. So, um, so that's how I ended up with those those lot. But yeah, um, okay. um, getting up there, it was great. Um, I'd been up for a quick visit um, uh, for one of the um, convergences that they had in 2013, and met a few of the uh, local people who I'd spoken to on the phone. Like I said, um, from the um, building the website for the Moles Creek Community Council. Um, I don't know. It, actually, when I, when I look back and the more I look back at it, it feels like uh, many paths and con- uh, lines kind of converged to, to lead me to that point. So, yeah, it was, uh, I'm not usually a fatalist kind of person, but I probably was somewhat, <laughs> you know, supposed to be there or something. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, well, as soon as you arrived to, to the Moles Creek and Lord's Blockade, you were part of FLAC, like Frontline Action on Call. It's been created how long ago? Could you tell a little bit more date about it? Uh this, uh, this campaign? Yeah, sure. So Frontline Action on Coal started uh, the 5th of August in 2012. So uh, we just recently had our third birthday. Um, basically, it started with the lead blockade camp. So um, so um, Murray Dreschler, John O'Moylan, um, Tanya Marshall, Cliff Wallace, um, a farmer up at Moles Creek, all kind of, um, you know, started this camp together through uh, many different ways in a, in a convoluted story. But um uh, yeah, and so basically, whenever people came to the camp, they became part of this non-hierarchical, non-formal kind of collective of people um, out on the ground, and and you know, and 
as it went on and on, we eventually um, incorporated ourselves um, for financial reasons and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it basically becomes like a, a situation where, like you know, like if people want to be a member of it, they are. They are. So basically, um, now um, we've spread ourselves out. So what started just at the lead blockade camp, now we have. Um, there's a frontline national call in uh, Newcastle, Sydney, in far north Queensland, Upper Airlie Beach, um, working with the Reef Defenders on the Adani campaign. There's um, down in Victoria here, a small collective. So we've kind of um, all spread out around and yes. um, operate in a kind of uh, rhizomic kind of uh, organising model where, you know, we just kind of replicate each other and we autonomously do what we want to do and check in with each other to see how we can support. But. Yeah, okay. So you, you're just checking for, for support, but mm. you're still really autonomous to be able to lead the the, con- the the campaign the way you you want mm. to lead yeah so um we don't have any um centralized okay. structure to um to tell us about that sort of thing we do have um guiding principles around non-violence um and um generally um the strategies that we use revolve around um non-violent direct action mm-hmm. so um that that kind of shared understanding is um the common thread that goes through and then it's about um taking those principles and applying them in a local context so There are, at the moment, there is the Melbourne uh, Environmental Film Festival. And uh, there is like amazing movies called Black Hole. It's been screened last week for the premiere. Mm. And Black Hole is go- it's talking about uh, the Lord State Forest, the blockades, what's happening. Could you, uh, I personally didn't have the occasion to see the movie, but I know you were there. Could you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So um, Black Hole was an uh, uh, amazing piece uh, put together by Jao uh, Dujon Pereira, who um, came up and actually stayed on camp with us for a good, uh, I think it was there, at least eight months. But he came back and forth um, quite a few times. Um, so um, basically it does. It tells the story of um, of of the, the longest running blockade of a coal mine in Australian history. You know, like <laughs> it, it's kind of a, an intense thing to watch. Um, When, you, when you've been somewhere and you've lived an experience and then you see it all condensed down into, you know, an hour and 40 minutes, I think it runs for, you know, like <laughs> wow. it's like, wow, that's, that's, that's so much a huge part of my life. And, um, and yeah, it's a, it's a really good account of what it's like for uh, people, uh, for local farmers, um, for activists who actually came out and also for the traditional custodians, the Gomorrah people whose yes. land that these this mine was being built on. So um, so you get a kind of um, insight from all those perspectives um, on how the campaign was fought. So. Well, that's great. And uh, so the next screening is on the 15th of October? Yes, that's right. Um, the 15th of October. So um, people can check out uh, blackholemovie.com.au and uh, be great to um, get people to organize their own screenings. So much like okay. um, some listeners might be familiar with the way that the Frackman screenings were run, um, if you want to put together a screening, you can go on and register and organize it through that. And you can use it as a fundraising tool as well for your local groups and hopefully for people uh, fighting the extractive industries in Australia, um, take up that opportunity and, and learn from the story as well and share the story so that we can... Uh, continue more fights into the future yeah definitely and not hesitate like to organize fundraising or things around this movie would be would be great mm. uh what else do we yes i wanted to speak about uh, to the traditional owner at uh, at Moles creek uh, what happened to them i i went uh, to visit you guys for bat attack so i spent almost a week There, I met some of the olders, the Gomorrah olders, and they were really like devastated because some of their, like almost all their sacred sites has been smashed in the in the Lord State Forest. How the the flak people were linking with the First Nations people? 
Yeah, sure. So we um, set up uh, the Laird Forest Alliance, which was um, a frontline action on coal was a, um, a member, um, along with groups like Greenpeace, um, Friends of the Earth, uh, mm-hmm. um, the Wilderness Society, along with a host of the local groups who are up there as well. Um, so that collection of groups um, who were committed to that nonviolent direct action strategy signed a uh, protection treaty with the Gomorrah traditional custodians. So um, within that, there was a... Um, just basically was a, a respect for culture, a respect for um, autonomy and a respect for, and an understanding for that. So the way that it kind of played out for Frontline Action on Coal were um, we always made undertakings and public undertakings. So we'd release a media release and um, also send a letter to um, Whitehaven Coal when there was ceremony going on um, around the, the sites and, yeah. and made a commitment not to undertake in um, nonviolent direct action on those days. And I mean, the incident where you're referring to at, uh, at Bad Attack was um, one of those classic examples of a mining company going using a divide and conquer strategy against the community. So they uh, told uh, they the Gomaway were allowed in to do ceremony on site, and then they were told by Whitehaven on the Friday before the Monday they were going to go in that they couldn't go in because of uh, um, increased protester activity, knowing full well that all throughout the past that we'd always made an undertaking not to engage in direct action on those days. And so um, we ended up um, once again putting out a media release and sending a letter in. Um, and we actually got letters from all the, as many as the Alliance members as we could for in this particular incident because it was such an important ceremony. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, so they didn't let them in on that day and then there was a community ceremony. But just a, a really like the example of how they tried to draw, uh, tear us apart, but it actually brought us together even tighter. Yes. And I think that really played out in, during Bad Attack. All right, uh, that's cool. Uh, that's That was really intense and especially for Bad Attack. So I remember they had like, oh, we let like one or two days to make sure that they had, uh, they had access to the land and didn't interfere mm. with the ceremony. And after we... We went back there for nonviolent direct action. Mm. Is nonviolent direct action a strategy you're using a lot? Um, yeah, so it kind of underpins the work that uh, we do with um, FLAC or Frontline National Call. Um, so, uh, so, you know, like um, there's many other groups out there lobbying. Um, there's many other groups out there um, doing uh, like the, the great work, like, uh, like Quick Call down here doing the um, community strategies and things like that. Um, out in communities, but um, there's not a lot of groups who really like are underpinning using nonviolent direct action and civil disobedience as um, tactics in their campaigns. Um, I think um, the current attacks on the uh, environmental organisations like uh, bear out on that in some ways. Like uh, there's been a lot of heat around um, the tax deductibility and yes. the use of um, uh, protest, uh, nonviolent direct action, and uh, and civil disobedience tactics, and um, that is um, you know a, a, a a, r- a real threat um, to some of these organisations. Um, so um, groups like like Flack um, are able to go out there. We don't have those uh, sorts of uh, those sorts of uh, luxuries as <laughs> a tax deductibility. So um, so it's not a threat to us. So we're um, we're um, very fearsome and um, and determined to go out there and make sure that uh, these effective and long used and righteous uh, use of bodies and to uh, to block work are, are still happening. Out in the uh, in the fight against extractive industries. Thanks, Phil. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to play a really quick community announcement for the support of the street medics, who are the awesome people who help us so much here in Melbourne. And after we're gonna speak to Moose, who's in, uh, a coordinator and uh, of the info blockade for the for new mine. We stay tuned and we talk to you really soon. 
The Melbourne street medics need your help. On Saturday the 18th of July, when we took to the streets against Reclaim Australia, Victoria Police pepper sprayed the crowd. We treated more than 100 people and we're asking you to donate to help restock our kits and train up new medics. We believe in empowering people to fight for a better world. Please help us to care for those who stand up for our rights. Please go to ozcrowd.com and search for Melbourne Street Medics or go to the Melbourne Street Medics Facebook page for more information on how to donate. Hey, you're back on Dirt Radio with Colin and Phil. Thank you very much for listening. Your Swissia Community Radio. Uh, so, Phil, could you explain? Could you talk a little bit about uh, about Moose? Who's this guy that you? I'm sure you know for a long time and uh, is online. And uh, we're going to talk to him and ask him a couple of questions. Sure. So, as I said before, uh, Muzz was one of the founders of uh, the Lead Blockade Cap. So, um, he has been living up in that area now for around three years, I believe. Um, currently, um, as I said, uh, Flack has kind of spread out around um we have um one special branch that we call flack on the road <laughs> which is uh basically muzz who's um out on the road at the moment as we speak i believe he's driving up to queensland today muzz are you there yeah i'm here hey mate how you doing uh good thanks cool whereabouts are you at the moment mate i'm actually in acacia ridge in south side of brisbane oh lovely you've made it up that far you're going well <laughs> yes i have amazingly so so, Murs, you're going to uh, organize an info camp for the new, the opening of this new coal mine. Could you tell us a little bit more uh, where the, this camp is going to be and how it's going to look like? Um, yeah, it's going to be um, like a short-term camp and a long-term idea. So, camps open 12 o'clock Friday noon to Monday uh, noon. Um, so people are more than welcome to come up on the weekends and see the farmlands, uh, see the Black Saw Plains and the Liverpool Plains um, and see where the new mine is apparently going to go and meet a lot of the farmers and locals and and the Aboriginal mob in the area as well. So this mine, the Shenhua mine, what are they planning to do exactly there? Um, they're going to dig... Three massive pits um, yeah. near the near the town of Breeza, and the major concerns are the dust and the um, plumes from the blasting affecting the crops. And because they're going to be, I believe, nearly two and a half, uh, two hundred and fifty meters deep, it's going to nick the aquifer, and that's going to start draining the water um, out of the neighbouring aquifers which is what we're seeing at Wereus Creek, which is only um, maybe 50 kilometres from the Shenmue site. So yeah, water and, is a major concern there. Yeah, and, and recently um, uh, Greg Hunt made the conditional approval of the mine, but did come out with uh, and hanging a bit of uncertainty around it, around water. Um, he noted that um, you know that the water management plan is still yet to be filed by Shenhua, so um, the mine hasn't been given full approval yet. Um, but he also made a, um, a pretty unusual guarantee, like, a, and he um, has taken basically um, the responsibility for his decision around the final approval out of his office and into the um, Independent Expert Science, Scientific Commission. So he's saying that um, if the IESC don't give a full tick of approval to the water management plan, then he will just block the approval of the mine. So 
um, it's 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 an unusual move, yeah. but um, but ultimately we already know that the IESC have said that they don't understand the connections between the water aquifers and the coal seams and what that will actually happen. So there's already you know, a huge uncertainty around what actually is going to happen. We do know it's going to take 2,000 years after the mine finishes for the water levels to get back to normal. So, you know, um, how they're going to be able to approve this in any sort of meaningful way. And then eventually, if it if it isn't approved, then, you know, it feels like just like Greg Hunt is just passing the buck again and not taking his office of uh, environment actually seriously, as we saw with the Adani yes. approval as well and the um, subsequent challenge to that, so... But Moss, uh, I'm you know like, I'm a French person, so I'm not really uh, I don't really know much about uh, Australian geography. But what I think is like the Liverpool Plains is a very strong farming uh, community with like crops everywhere. Is that is that right? Um, yeah, they've got the highest yielding crops in Australia. Whoa! And they want to dig three massive pits right in the middle of one of the strongest farmland in Australia. Yes. Yes, that's the, the, the insanity of it all. And it, unfortunately, it doesn't stop with Shenhua. Shenhua is the first mine off the mark. There's another under coal, um, underground coal mine and another open-cut coal mine planned um, neighbouring. Whoa, this government is just so crazy to accept all these things and to not protect the land of Australia. It's what happens when the government has turned into... Uh, basically, it's a, it's a mining company. Um, particularly, the, the state government has got very close connections to the Minerals Council. Um, Stephen Galilee, who's now the CEO of the Minerals Council, used to be the chief of staff for Mike Baird, now Premier. No way. Um, yeah, I mean, we had Naomi Klein to say um, recently was, uh, you can't even tell in Australia where the coal industry ends and the, the government starts, so... <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's basically this is the end result of um, a mi- the, the mining industry uh, running Australia. That's such a shame. Such a shame. Um, and it's roughly really related to what you were talking to, to me about, Phil, like the Ackland mine and all this. Uh, and at the moment, they, they had a problem with the corruption. Yeah, so um, up in Queensland, um, uh, a couple of hundred k's out of Brisbane, there's a Ackland coal mine, um, which um, is set to expand. I think it, uh, up to about thirteen and a half million tons a year um, out. So um, it'll be even Whoa. a huge and huge mine. Um, at the moment, there's um, one man standing and can't for the life of me remember his name. I feel a bit bad about that um, blocking it. But there's been a lot of um, yeah, as you said, allegations of corruption around that. So there's been um, a couple of hundred thousand dollars in uh, political donations made to the Liberal National Party in Queensland that um, happened around the approval time of the mine. Uh, at the moment, um, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, a lovely activist named Kelly Purnell um, chained herself to the mm-hmm. gate um, from Frontline Action on Coal um, in conjunction with uh, some of the other local groups up there and um, calling for an inquiry. Um, last week, we did hear that um, Premier Palaszczuk is going to conduct a full inquiry into political donations, which will include, in the scope of it, looking into those political donations and any relation that they have to the approval um, of that mine's expansion. So, um, it's just a, it's it's a it's a common thread that you hear so much. We call it coal eruption, you know, in a stupid play of words. But um, it's just, it's become so uh, so apparent within every project that you look at. You can see these um, huge amounts of monies changing hands and these decisions being made. Um, Nathan Tinkler, who was uh, part of the Morse Creek 
Mind Project. Um, he uh, referred to political donations as something that to grease the wheels when he was um, called before the Independent Commission Against Corruption in New South Wales. So, you know, and that that's that's how you know most people would understand a political donation to work. Yeah, so, definitely. what do you think, Maz, about uh, what uh, like a normal? Let's say a normal punter here done in a, in a city. What we can do to support you guys or to trying to, to tackle this, this big cowl eruption? Um, again, get on to your local members in, in parliament, uh, hassle them. That's always good fun. <laughs> um, certainly try and come out and see the, the Liverpool planes. Um, and yeah, come out and visit. And just get more educated on what's happening. Because the same things happening that's happening in, in, in the Liverpool Plains is happening in Gloucester, Olga, Bylong, Southern Highlands, um, and that's just in New South Wales. How could so we... Sorry. Change the way you vote. Yeah. Don't vote nationals, don't vote liberal, don't vote Labour. Or just don't vote. Just don't vote, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and just keep an eye on what's happening um, via our website. Like, for instance, I believe there's going to be a small rally on the 12th of September um, in Sydney. There's a few farmers going down and um, they're going to form a bit of a protest in Sydney. So there's lots of, do, lots of things to do in the cities. Just You have to keep an eye out um, and there will be more rallies happening in the bigger cities as well. Which uh, which website did you talk about? Uh, frontlineaction.org. Okay, so like the the main flag uh, website, so frontlineaction.org in one word. Yep. yep. Sweet, awesome. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, at the camp. Oh, certainly. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the Liverpool Plains youth um, taking action like they the French farmers do in France. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Do you think they would? Um, I, I think they would, um, particularly the, the younger farmers because they're all in their early 20s and they've got a whole lifetime of farming ahead of them Yeah. in these magic agricultural plains. So they're quite feisty and quite angry at how things have turned out. So, yeah, I think the government particularly the New South Wales government, should be warned that these farmers um, aren't going to cop any shit. Yeah, good on you. And that's definitely a great technique. Like, what we can see in France is, like, when farmers take actions, the, there is no or very, very low level of repression for the government. But yep. when some ferals uh, are taking type of, like, nonviolent direct action, we just have a... has kicked... By the by, police forces. So that's definitely a great great tactic. Yep, definitely. Awesome. Thank you very much, mate. Keep on the good job, and uh, see you soon. See you, Maz. I will do. See you, Phil. See ya. Okay, that was Maz on the way to Brisbane. Yeah, on the way to Brisbane at the moment. You can know, it's always hard to keep up where he's uh, where he's heading, but <laughs> but um, he's uh, also. Uh, Travelling around as part of uh, promoting the Black Hole movie as well, which um, really, like, once again, want to urge everyone to get out and see because it um, really does capture that spirit of, uh, of of resistance that is growing around Australia in terms of fighting the coal industry and something that we haven't seen, 
you know, uh, rising for quite some time. And, and it's great to have a feature length story actually tell that, that complete story in Australia about um, what actually happens with, uh, with, uh, with protests, which we have a long mm-hmm. and colourful history with. Yeah, definitely. And so talking about more information, something's happening tomorrow night, I reckon. Yes, sure. So tomorrow night at uh, Friends of the Earth at 6.30, uh, Frontline Action on Coal uh, hosting a information night. So information and planning night, I should call it. Um, so basically what we want to do is get together, have a little chat and um, get people up to speed with uh, what's actually happening um, on the ground up uh, in regards to the Shenhua Watermark coal mine project. Okay. And then um, sit and start planning. Um, we're um, big believers in um, grassroots organising and inclusivity in FLAC. So um, whatever your experience level, please come along and get involved in, in the planning. And um, we're all about skill sharing and things like that. So even if you have no experience in activism, but uh, this is really grinding your gears, get along down anyway. And um, we're happy to um, talk about um, ways that you can get involved in this uh, really, really important campaign to uh, save our uh, land, water and culture from uh, coal mining. Yeah, definitely. And same, like Mas said it really well, like edu- get educated. It is so important. Mm. Like more we know and more we can take action and more we can talk to our friends. So yes, come tomorrow night at Friends of the Earth. We're on Smith Street. And uh, for the flag action night. Okay, that's pretty good for today. Uh, something else you want to add, Phil? Uh, Are you pretty good? Yeah, um, oh, actually, it did remind me um, at the Black Hole movie premiere, um, we were lucky enough to have um, Dolly Talbot, who's a Gomori traditional custodian, come up and yeah. speak on the panel. And um, one thing she did um, reiterate was the call for people to uh, write letters to Greg Hunt um, in relation to uh, Lawl as well, which is um, the last remaining sacred site in the Laird State Forest uh, for the Gomorrah people. Um, so if people do jump on once again on frontlineaction.org, um, they'll see the, the big splash banner is um, actually a call. It's got a little video that explains what's going on in that situation. And um, then basically we're asking people to handwrite a letter and post it off to Greg Hunt telling him enough is enough and uh, you know, this this one last site must remain and must stand. And for people to keep an eye out, um, do follow us on Facebook, um, not just because we want the likes, but um, because uh, more and more events and happenings, um, actions are taking place around the country. And it's a great source for people to get hooked up into the different campaigns on the local grounds um, around. So, um, yeah, please keep up to date with us. It's definitely an easy way to uh, to help the traditional owners and to write this letter. We can do that at home. I'm definitely going to do that uh, today. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Phil, for today. And uh, see you soon. Yeah, will do. Thank you, Colin. Stay tuned. You were on Dirt Radio. Dirt Radio is a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth. And you're on 3CR Community Radio.